0: Good morning. I'm so glad to be with you today. I hope you're enjoying your summer and hope things are going well for you. Summer's a great time for me to do some extra reading and extra growth and learning for my own personal benefit. I've been doing that this month and I've been thinking about prayer. Uh, I'm looking for some good reading on prayer and some good thoughts about prayer. So I've been reading Tim Keller's book on prayer. Uh, In the book, Keller wrote these words. He says, there seems to be a human instinct for prayer. I thought about that and I thought, you know, that's true, isn't it? We have this instinct within us, maybe even non believers, this instinct that when we get in a jam, we get in a crisis, it's time for prayer. Swift theologian Karl Barth uh, calls it our incurable God sickness. Well, I guess that's one way to put it, but the idea is this drawing to prayer, particularly in a crisis or disaster. Dr. Mac Brunson says, we often only pray when there's a crisis and then find that prayer becomes the crisis. And I think he's right because oftentimes, we find that we don't really know how to pray. We get frustrated with prayer or we get confused in prayer. And so the result is often we just drop it to the wayside. And yet prayer is an extremely important part of our development and growth as followers of Christ. It's important, I think, in prayer, and I think one of the frustrations comes from asking the wrong questions. It's important that we learn to ask the right questions. What's the wrong questions and right questions? Well, I think the wrong question often is why. When we get in a crisis, when we get in a situation that's hard to understand, when we get in a place in our lives where we don't know what to do or how to respond, the first question we tend to ask is, God, why? Why is this happening to me? Why my relationship gone bad? Why has my job the one that's been been uh, laid off? Why is it that I'm in this situation? Or why are my kids in this situation? But the question tends to be why. We grasp for understanding. We want to understand things. And I, I think largely because we think if we can understand it, we can better deal with it. But when we don't understand... Things are very difficult to deal with. That reminds me of one of my favorite passages of Scripture, <clears throat> one of my favorite sentences in the Bible. It's actually two verses, but the two verses make up one sentence. It's from the Wisdom Book of Proverbs, and um, really one of my favorites for many reasons. The writer Solomon penned these words in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, with the CSV translation. He said, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart.'" And do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your paths straight. There are many reasons why that passage of Scripture has become one of my favorites, and one that I've committed to memory, and one that I quote and say often. I never read that verse without thinking about my sweet mother in law. What a precious, godly lady she was. And and as she was entering into her years of dementia, where she still could understand a lot about what was going on, and yet she still could feel some of the effects of the dementia, and she would question that, and she would question the Lord, and she would openly to us question, why is God doing this to me? Why am I losing this mental capacity? Why doesn't He take me on to heaven? She's asking all these questions, but then she would turn away, and as she's walking through the house, she would begin quoting that scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, come to know Him, and He will direct your path. She quoted that over and over and over and over again. And I know why. Because she was reminding herself that while she didn't have a proper understanding, she didn't need the understanding. What she needed was trust. I think there's basically a couple of right questions we can ask. There probably are very many more, but two that I've heard most of my life and two that I've tried to employ in my own life are these two questions. First of all, Lord, instead of asking the Lord why, maybe the, the right question is Lord what, right? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to learn from this experience? What do you want me to see about this situation the second is akin to it and that's this lord what do you want me to do what do you want me to learn and what do you want me to do I think this passage in Proverbs answers both of those questions, frankly. I think this question, is, this, this verse is so popular among many because of the fact that it answers those questions. What do we need to know and what do we need to do, particularly when we're in a crisis, particularly when we're in a situation? It may not be a crisis, but it may be something that we're searching for, an answer that we're searching for. When we're in a situation and, and we're asking God why, uh, Solomon says, maybe ask him, what? What do I need to know? What do I need to learn? And what do I need to do? So let's do that this morning. I want to unpack this verse a little bit bit, around those two questions. I want to talk to you a moment about what this passage tells me that we need to know, and then a couple of things about what we need to do. First thing, four or five things that we're going to see. What do you want me, Lord, to know? We learn from the writing here that Paul that Solomon says first of all we can trust God in any situation. We need to know that. We can trust God in any situation. Solomon writes it this way. He says trust in the Lord, an imperative, trust the Lord. Now, now, that's that sounds easy, and it's really easy to conceive and understand. It's very difficult to do. In any situation, we must trust that God knows what's best and, and also truly embrace what He has planned for us, His plan for us. Our trust is not foolish. It's, it's not baseless. It's based upon a trust in a faithful, good, and powerful God. Trust God, whatever the situation is. Faith and trust go hand in hand, right? And and as we trust, in order to trust, we have to have faith. And as we have faith, it leads to trust. Trust implies here the decision to trust God, but also a commitment to create a habit of trusting Him. The idea is keep on trusting God. There's a process involved. And by the way, I'm sad to say it's not an instant process, but it's a process that takes a little bit of time. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart, he says. That means with nothing lacking. We might say 100%, every bit, not 90%, not 95%, 100%. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. First thing we need to know is that we can trust God in every situation. What do you want me to learn, Lord? In this situation I'm in, what do you want me to know? Second thing, that faith in my own ability is not a good idea. Faith in my own ability is not a good idea. Now, I'm I'm not suggesting that that we should not have any self-confidence at all. I think self-awareness is a better way to put it, an, an awareness of where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, but that's not the point here. Solomon says it this way. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he adds, do not rely on your own understanding. Even after placing our trust in God, we'll be tempted to resort back to our old way of living and leaning on our own understanding. This idea of trusting and relying, they're similar, but yet they're different because the idea is not to rely on something for support to stay upright, right? The idea is not to lean on something that surely is incapable of holding us up. I've found, and many of you have, that peace doesn't come through understanding. It comes through trust. Why should we not rely on our own understanding, our own ability, our own amount uh, uh, of capability to to gather information and figure it out and reason it through? Because there's some things we just will never understand. And there's some things that we will not be able to understand, and there are sometimes I'm convinced that if we understood, we would lean on our own understanding. We were talking to a dear friend of ours this week, and we were talking about a crisis situation that she had once been in. And she said something that, that resonated with me as I was reading through this text and working toward this for today. And, and here's what she said in this situation. In the middle of a difficult crisis situation, she said, I came to understand that I, 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 would, that I needed to stop leaning on understanding and quit asking why, because I wasn't going to find peace in that understanding. And may I say, even if we understand the situation... It doesn't mean that we're going to find peace in that situation. So God says, don't rely. Don't lean on what you understand. Don't rely on your own self, ability, and capability. Peace comes through trust. Third thing I think he wants us to know is that God wants us to know him personally and intimately. In all your ways, Solomon says, know him Now some of you listening are probably, you've read this verse many, many times and you've read from many, many uh, translations and most of the translations will say, will use the word acknowledge, in all your ways acknowledge him. I really think CSB gets it right here though. The word comes from the Hebrew, yada, which means to know. And the idea is knowing. The idea is more than a casual knowledge. The idea is to have a close communion with, a close relationship with. God wants us to know Him personally, not just inherently. He wants us to know Him personally, and not just academically. He wants us to know Him personally, and He wants us to be in close communion, close relationship with Him, so that our relationship with Him is intimate. And in th- that situation, our perspective changes, and it helps. So God... What do you want me to know in this situation? Well, this much I can know. I know that I can trust God in any situation. I know that it's not a good idea to rely on myself and my own abilities. I know that God wants to know me personally and intimately. And then the fourth thing that I would add is God's winding road is our straightest path. Path. <laughs> I like the last part of it here. Three, t- three of these uh, phrases I'm looking at here in this sentence are imperatives, things we must do, but then they're followed by this promise when he says, And he that is God will make your path straight. Now, that implies that paths can get crooked, right? In fact, we saw recently in a recent study in, in the book of Exodus, you may recall just a few weeks ago, that sometimes God's ways are not particularly straight in our mind, that sometimes He puts us on a winding road for various reasons. And it's our lot to trust Him and to obey Him, even when our understanding falls short. God's winding road, whatever it looks like, is really your straightest path. Your path may be your work, it may be your friendship, it may be your marriage, it could be your education, your hobby, your your pleasure, your entertainment, includes all those things, all those are a part of our path. And he says, I'll keep you on the right path. Psalm 37 says these words, it says, "...the Lord, Yahweh, directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives." God cares about what path we're on and that we are on the right path. And he wants to direct our paths to keep us on the straight path. That is the right path for him. Dr. Stephen Olford, one of my favorite preachers of old, said it this way. He said, God's great plan is for us to find, to follow, and to finish the will of God in our lives. I should I have more time to think talk there but you chase that down a little bit because that's what god wants you to know he wants you to know that guy his winding road that his road that is unpredictable and, and and sometimes uncomfortable while it may seem like it's winding it's really the straightest path for you to be on so what do you want me to know lord there you go so, uh, solomon writes it down so second question what do you want me to do well that question relates directly to what do you want me to know, right? What we know leads to what we're going to do. The old hymn that I grew up singing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That is, not only to have the trust factor to understand or what to know, but then follow that with what do we do. So what do we do? Well, they're closely related. Number one, trust God, 100%. Trust God. God. Trusting God is simply believing that He loves you and knowing that He's a good and powerful and righteous and holy Father. He has the power to help you. He has the power to lead you. And He has the grace to sustain you. He wants to help. Trust Him. We must learn to bank on the promises of God step by step in our lives, making life, every moment of life, every moment of life's journey, a time of trusting in a good holy, kind, loving, all-providing, and all-satisfying God. Trust God. Now, I know that's easier for me to say than it is for any of us to do. But I think simple is good in this, fact, in this manner. Trust God. Pray about that a little bit. God, how do I trust you? What do you want me to do about trusting you? Second thing, first of all, trust God. Second, renounce self-alliance. That's right. Go ahead and confess that, as a matter of fact, you are dependent upon God's help. Don't rely on what you understand. Don't rely on what you can put together. Don't rely on a conscious choice that you need to make. No, no, listen carefully. Don't rely on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. But lean on the strength and power of the Lord." Isn't that really what trust is all about? Isn't that really what prayer is all about? Prayer is about the acknowledgement that this is beyond my scope, this is beyond my ability. Does, don't we admit, impra- of course we do, because we must admit, God, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless. Throughout the Scripture, we find men and women of God who are major players in the story of God's kingdom. Major heroes of faith, who admit that I must have the Lord's help. King David wrote it this way, he said, uh, "I'm sorry." Solomon wrote. It, King Solomon wrote it this way. He said, "Proverbs twenty-one thirty-one: The horse is made ready for the battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord." In other words, we make our plans. I'm not suggesting we don't. We, we make our, our, our strategies. Yes, we do. We prepare ourselves in every way we can. But ultimately, we must rely on the Lord and confess that reliance upon Him. Third, get to know God a little better. <laughs> get to know God a little imbo- better. It's important that our daily walk leads us to a more intimate relationship with Christ getting to know god deeper today in a different way today than i did yesterday getting to know god more intimately today than i did a week ago a year ago two years ago at every turn every new choice you have to make every new conversation you're in every time you are involved in a decision every time you're involved in an action every time you're trying to figure out what's next send up a message to god god I want you and I need you. I need you. I'm dependent on you. And then number four, I would say this. What are we to do? Stay focused on the path that God has for you. It's easy to lose focus. There's so many distractions in the world. There's so many things pulling at us. There's so many things offering different things, but we need to be careful. If we heed Solomon's advice and trust him, if we heed his advice to renounce self-alliance and bring him into every situation, he's going to make our path straight. He's going to keep us from wasting our lives or destroying ourselves and others in the path of sin and bring us everlasting joy. That's his promise. We want to focus on staying on that path. I'm not sure that that just happens accidentally. I really believe it must be intentional. So the takeaway for today is this, and uh, I've said a lot and given you a lot to think about and not unpacked it quite as much as I would have liked, but I think we wrap it up with this thought. Faith rarely comes in a tidy package. You know, it would be nice if it were a neat, tidy, gift-wrapped package and we could just open it up and boom, there's faith. It rarely comes in a nice, neat, tidy package. As a matter of fact, when you find yourself in a situation that is building your faith, that is growing your faith, you may not like it. You probably won't understand it. You likely will question it. But remember... The right questions are, God, what do you want me to learn in this situation? What are you teaching me? What are you saying to me? And second, God, what do you want me to do? I tell you, I believe God will make those apparent to you, and he will make them apparent to you through this wonderful book that we call the Bible. It is his written word. Word. It, is, it is His Word written. It is His conversation with us. And in this Word, just like we did today in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we will find God speaking to us. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to do. So if your prayer life is frustrating right now, try changing the question. If you're tired of asking why, try asking why what it's been good to be with you today listen there are people who are waiting to pray for you and perhaps right now you just need somebody to talk to you need somebody to um to pray with you to speak with you there are people waiting to do that right now but for for the moment let me close this time in prayer heavenly father thank you for teaching us to pray and thank you for teaching us the right questions to ask What do you want me to learn? And what do you want me to do? We love you, God. We praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.